Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Uh, we were solely focused on our level of play in, in the Miami Dolphins. I think the Bills are going down there on a mission. To now having a chance to play for two home playoff games. The Bills are going to this on an absolute heater. And I know it hasn't looked pretty the last two games. But inside that building, they build a lot of confidence from the fact that they were able to win those games despite not playing very well. Mike Danger. In high-pressure situations, they don't perform their best. I'm more nervous about that than anything else going into Sunday. I don't have the confidence that a team coached by Sean McDermott can pull it together in that situation. I'm not sure which direction I'm leaning yet, Gino. I feel really torn on this one. Gene Battaglia. This biggest game of the year for the Buffalo Bills stating the obvious here. This is as close to a playoff game. In fact, it will be a playoff game if the other teams take care of their business here. But I trust the Bills a tad more than the Dolphins. I guess maybe that's what this comes down to. The Dolphins are so banged up. It's a trifecta for Stephon Diggs. Can you dig it? Josh Allen. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Welcome back into the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia. Glad you're listening along locally at 95.7 FM, AM 950. The free to download Odyssey app is where we sound our best. You also can get us on your smart device when you ask it to play. 95.7 The Fan. I'm Danger. Bataglia at the home office. And we're joined now by the guy you hear on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Roaming the sideline and keeping you updated on the Buffalo Bills from our Odyssey Sports sister station, WGR in Buffalo. Sal, it's always great catching up with you, man. It's been a minute. How you been? Good, guys. Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Sal, big game coming up in Miami. Uh, first, let's start off with uh, you know what happened against the Patriots and, and the news today. Rasul Douglas getting the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, which is not a surprise, but I guess what is a surprise? Like the production. Normally, you don't get guys that for just a pick swap are going to come in and contribute like this. I mean, what has Douglas actually meant for this defense here, Sal? My gosh, he's been incredible, right? And so deserving the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. But, guys, he is just such a ball hawk. It really is amazing. A couple of weeks ago, even before this, I said a couple of times, I've re- rarely seen someone have ever be able to break on a ball and read and you know get to a ball as quickly as he can. Um, and his hands are really good, by the way, too. You know, the old joke, uh, if they could catch, they'd be wide receivers. This guy, he could be a wide receiver, I think. He catches the ball really well as well. He gets his hands on balls. But he's really meant a lot because, of course, the – loss of Tredavious White was such a big loss for them. And, you know, I think Dane Jackson played fine. I really do. But, man, they, they now have an ability. He's not a ball hawk. He's not going to take – he's going to be steady. He's going to, you know, play the ball the way he's supposed to or the, the, the zone scheme and his defense where he's supposed to be. This guy really has changed the attitude, I think, of the Bills' entire defense on takeaways and going after the ball and being aggressive. It's truly remarkable. And, by the way, you say, like, it's rarely – you're rare to get a guy midseason like that. It's funny. Someone asked me the other day, is he the Bills? Like, where does he rank on Bills midseason additions ever? And then I thought about it. 
I'm not going to put him up there with some of the names because I don't think people realize Cornelius Bennett was a midseason addition. Yeah. Steve Tasker was James Lofton was, but I think in this iteration of the bills, you know, through the drought in the last seven years, I think he's got to be right up there. Maybe the best midseason addition they've had. Sal, I, I wanted to get your take on uh, what seems to be a storyline that's emerged from the Patriots game. And it's been something that's been bubbling for a few weeks. Steph Diggs, his usage, his production, all of it kind of being down. Is this reason for concern or is this more just kind of a manufactured storyline, given that the numbers are right there in front of us? The production is right there in front of us. Well, I don't think the uh, story is manufactured at all as far as the production. We all see that it's gone down. We've all seen the snap count usage gone down. I, I do think what is manufactured is anybody that's reading anything into Stefan Diggs being unhappy or causing a problem. That hasn't happened whatsoever. In fact, you know, I think he's been a, a model teammate in that regard. I think every time you talk to him, every time you, know, you see him on the field, he's you know still doing his job and he's all about winning. In fact, I actually think it was really interesting last week against the Chargers, Josh Allen was mic'd up. And um, uh, two weeks ago, I'm sorry, he was mic'd up. And in that mic'd up segment, if you watch it at the end of the game, even though it didn't go that well throughout the game, Josh had missed Stefan a couple of times. Stefan still didn't have, you know, big production at the end of the game. They're standing next to each other in the sidelines. Josh is kind of a little bit worried. And Stefan looks at him and goes, eh, don't worry about it. We're about to win. Right. I mean, like that's who he is. So I think that part of it can be made up, manufactured people reading too much into it because they want something there. But make no mistake, I mean, like, Stefan Diggs' production has been down, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think he has something to do with that, with lack of separation that he might be getting. But he's never been a huge separator here in Buffalo the last couple of years. I think that pass protection has not been great the last couple of weeks, um, as opposed to earlier in the season when it was much better. And guys, I think Josh Allen's been a little bit off lately, to be quite honest with you. So I think that all of those things matter. Yeah, I was going to mention, I mean, like if, if Allen hits Diggs on that deep over the middle one on one, we're not even having this conversation because the numbers are fine. It's funny how one play can kind of dictate things here. Mm-hmm. So, kind of pivoting over to Allen, and we saw him, you know, get that stinger. And, the, you know, obviously today being a walkthrough, you can't really observe. But, uh, Sal, what can we piece together here as far as the health, whether that's the shoulder, whether that's the, the stinger? How, what's the health here of uh, Josh Allen heading down to Miami? Well, what's interesting is, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he was listed on the injury report today with the neck and a right finger injury, yeah. not right shoulder, which is weird, right? And I, I didn't know he had a finger injury, but apparently that's you know uh, where he is with that. But look, I mean, he says he's good to go. Sean McDermott said he's going to play on Sunday. I don't think anybody expects that not to be the case. But, you know, these, these injuries, these bumps and bruises add up as the season goes on for everybody. Uh, what, and some people even have said that they think maybe that's what Stefan Diggs is dealing with, although he hasn't been on the injury report. So, yeah, he's, he's good to go. Um, and, you know, you just you, you hope that uh, there's nothing more that comes from this thing or these things can linger a little bit. What I find fascinating is that Josh Allen said – after the game on Sunday, he had never had a stinger before, and it felt weird. I'm like, man, this guy who plays this position the way he plays it, and he's never had a stinger playing football, which is amazing to me. Sal Capaccio joining us in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia, as we look ahead to Sunday night. It's an AFC's title matchup between the Bills traveling down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. It's a team that Josh Allen has had a lot of success against during his career, Sal. I think you're a couple of plays away from Josh Allen really being undefeated against the Miami Dolphins. Is there something about that team, something about that defense? And it's a Vic Fangio defense this year that he had his way with earlier in week four. What is it about Josh Allen versus the Dolphins where he just seems to thrive against this team well I think it's the same thing that you know happens when Josh Allen plays a lot on primetime now maybe it hasn't been the 
greatest primetime games this year, but generally in his career, he's one of the best primetime quarterbacks ever. When the light is, when the lights are the brightest, Josh Allen shows up, even playoffs. Josh Allen is one of the greatest playoff quarterbacks ever without having hoisted a Lombardi. We know that, but his statistics are pretty amazing when it comes to playoff football compared to historically, you know, what quarterbacks have. And I think that, you know, this, this team, this rival brings out, you know, something in him, but also look, I mean, since Josh has been in the league, the Dolphins haven't been that great of a team. They haven't been a great defense and then they get Vic Fangio. So that helps. Then they get Vic Fangio. And even when Vic Fangio was in Denver, remember Josh torched his defense a, uh, a couple of times, the one in, in Denver a couple of years ago uh, on a Saturday, which clinched the division. And I think that type of defense, maybe Josh, you know, uh, understands and plays well against, you know, it's a lot of times it's about matchups. So that can be it as well. And then, you know, you, you think about this week, guys, there's going to be guys out for Miami and there's going to be a lot of opportunity here for Josh Allen also to have, you know, big numbers. If they can, you know, get the passing game just a little bit on track, there's going to be some opportunities against a depleted Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah, it's Sal, the uh, end of the drought, it was in Miami, and there were the Bills watching, you know, getting some help. Uh, this year's scenario, uh, not anything like that, but like that, I guess, in the sense that the Bills could punch their ticket thanks to somebody else doing their work for them before this game. Uh, when you're looking at Baltimore and Pittsburgh or Jacksonville in Tennessee, and for Bills fans, you need Tennessee or Pittsburgh to win, uh, or excuse me, or Baltimore to win, I should say. Baltimore to win, Tennessee to win. What are the chances that uh, the Bills will have their ticket punched before uh, we get to Sunday night, Sal? Well, they're not great, right? I mean, obviously, the Ravens are playing their backups primarily, and the Titans are not playing for anything. That said, though, guys, it's the NFL. And I would say this. Eric Wood actually made a great point with me yesterday. We have and I were recording something. And he said, you know, even though Lamar's not going to play and it's Tyler Huntley, what that means is Tyler Huntley's going to get all the reps throughout the week. He's going to prepare to be the starter, whereas he would normally not get as many reps. It's not like you're coming into the middle of the game. And, of course, he wants to play well. All those players on the team want to play well. And I'll also point out, how many backups or non-regulars can you actually play in a normal game. I mean, you can't rest everybody. There's 55 guys when you count two practice elevations. I know there's 22 total starters, but most of the guys are going to play have played. There are guys who play in this league on a regular basis. So, you know, I give them an opportunity and they're going to put, you know, really good stuff on film. They're going to want to show out whether that's for their team or another team going forward. So I do think that, and, and I do think they have a chance there. And as far as the other game is concerned, I love the fact that Mike Brable came out and basically said like losing sucks. You never want to lose. We're not, we don't want to go to the end of the uh, off season on a loss. They're going to try and win their home for their fans. One final time. They're not going to the playoffs. So I like that idea. I like that opportunity for them. And I don't, I don't think that it's automatic that those teams both just win their games. I do think there's a chance the Bills could you know, already get into the playoffs before they play Sunday. But I also think that it's probably less likely that happens, so the Bills will have to win that game when it comes time. And even if they do have their playoff ticket punched, I mean, there is something about wanting to play for that two seed, knowing that that's available to the Buffalo Bills. I'm curious, Sal, given all the teams that, that are in playoff contention and how it all might shake out, from a matchup standpoint, is there one team in the AFC pool that matches up better for the Buffalo Bills if they were to, to advance and be the two seed uh, here during wildcard weekend? So if you're giving me my choice, if the Bills play the, t- if the Bills get the two, you're saying out of the possibilities, yeah. like who would be the best team for them to yeah, play? Be the best seven. Me? Yeah. I hate saying it because like, I don't want to like, almost like, like discount any team, right? Cause any team can win, but probably Indy to me, I keep thinking Pittsburgh, but now they got something a little bit going with Mason Rudolph, right? And you have TJ Watt. So 
I don't know. I don't want to say Pittsburgh, but man, I just don't think Pittsburgh's that good. I, I might go Indy. I just don't think, you know, they're, they're pretty good. A lot of things they do. They're not really special at anything. So I think Indy coming here and Jonathan Taylor can run, but I think Indy coming here as a seven and a two would be a, a to me, a favorable matchup. I don't say Houston because I think CJ Stroud is legit. I think he can really play. D'Amico Ryan's a nice coach. They've done some nice things. Yeah, I, I would give the Bills a really good chance to beat any of those teams, whether it's Pittsburgh, it's Houston, or it's Indy. Now, if it's Jacksonville, you know, the team already beat the Bills, and it is possible Jacksonville could be the seventh seed, depending on how things fall. That would be the team I'd probably least want to see them play in this scenario because Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Doug Peterson, and they already beat the Bills. Um, you know, Travis Etienne, Josh Allen on the other side. So I think that's how I would handicap it all. Well, you are wired in, Sal, when it comes to talking about scheduling everything. I know you don't have the answer to that, but I know a lot of Bills fans would be wondering, all right, where do they put that game? Uh, would it be Saturday night? I know probably a lot of people would be for Sunday. It could be Monday night. I mean, with the Bills playing on Sunday night, does that necessarily mean that there's a good chance it's going to be either Sunday or Monday that they wouldn't put the Bills on Saturday, for instance? Well, a couple things about this. The Bills are basically guaranteed to not play Monday night the way that the NFL does it because the NFL puts a 4-5 matchup Monday night. And the reason they do that is because they, the 4-5 matchup will not impact other games, if that makes sense. So everybody who plays Saturday and Sunday, once they're done, you know where everybody falls. All you're waiting for is the 4-5 matchup. You know who that winner is, and you know everybody else. Whereas if you put something else, it could impact every other game in that conference, if that makes sense, right? Because of the reseeding, the way they do it. So for, for, so for the, the, the two years they've done a Monday night game, it's been a 4-5 matchup. And I remember reading the NFL explain why they did that. So expect that again. Expect a 4-5 matchup. And we know the Bills can't be a 4, and we know they can't be a 5. So I'm just going to say, from my standpoint, the Bills aren't playing Monday night, guys. Now, when it comes to Saturday-Sunday, I thought that the Bills playing Sunday night, and Miami for that matter – that that would guarantee them to not play Saturday. But I went back and looked. The last two times a team played Sunday night and made the playoffs, they played Saturday the following week. <laughs> now, granted, it, wasn't, it was a home game for Washington. They stayed home. They played Tampa. And the Raiders also were home on Sunday and then traveled to Cincy Saturday night. For me, I do think there's a disadvantage if the Bills happen to play on Saturday because – that's a long trip back from Miami on a night game. Like, we're not going to get home. I fly with the, the, on the team charter. I won't get home probably until, like, 4 in the morning. So you think about the players, the same thing, right? They're getting home, like, 4 in the morning. That's pretty much Monday's almost a wash for you. If you give them a game on Saturday, I think that's a huge disadvantage, and I would hope the league wouldn't do that. But they did do that for teams playing Sunday night a couple of times recently to play on Saturday night. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the Peacock game is the Saturday afternoon game, correct, Sal? I have to look. Is it, is it only that game or is it both Saturday afternoon and night? But you're right. They do have one Saturday game. And it might be that Saturday afternoon game. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, look, I'm just trying to get the most bang for my peacock, uh, bang <laughs> for my buck for my peacock <laughs> subscription, you know? Uh, Sal, I want to go back quickly uh, before we let you go and, and talk a little bit more about the offense just from a broad sense because we know a lot has been said the last couple of weeks. We saw what they did against Dallas. It was super impressive. And I think everybody would take that if you could get it 17 games. Uh, out of 17 games, but the last two weeks have been just a bit off. I'm, I'm curious what you're hearing out of Joe Brady, out of Sean McDermott. What exactly has this offense just off a beat? It's a good question. I mean, they're just basically saying that, you know, it's just something here or there every time. And Joe Brady has described it as, you know, 
when they are just a little bit off in timing and one little thing, just miss one block here. And that can happen, right? I mean, it's football. And I agree with that. I also would say that to me, I think the Bills have really made a conscious effort to be a little bit more, you know, balanced here, run game, pass game. So if you do that, you concentrate a little more on the run and the pass game's a little off. The numbers are even going to sink even more. You're not throwing the ball 50 times, obviously. But look what happens when you can run the ball like you did against the Dallas Cowboys. You can control the game like that. And I think that's the ideal scenario. I think that's what they want to do. They want to run the ball. So, you know, the last couple of weeks, they haven't run the ball as well as they did against, you know, Philly and against maybe even Kansas City a little bit um, and against Dallas. Um, that's got to get going too. If you want the passing game numbers to get a little better, I think you got to have the run game as well because teams, once they start shutting that down, as you know, they become one dimensional. Last week, they played the number one run defense in the league. As far as yards per play, the New England Patriots, that was tough on them. So um, I think it's something here, something there. Every little bit matters. And Joe Brady basically described it as just being a tick off, maybe in timing or one missed block. And these are the things that add up. So, Deidre, I'm at the, the Q's game on Saturday afternoon. They go to the fan cam. And sure enough, who do I see, like, in the corner of the fan cam there? It's Sal, uh, you know, making the trek. This Can't year. miss him. Can't miss him. He's there. Sal, I just have one question for you because I think this team is fun, but they're missing one thing. Can you shoot from the three? That's what they need. They need somebody from the outside. Okay, first of all, let's get this straight. It was my son who was on the fan cam, and I was near him, okay? I was next to him. He was wearing his jersey, and he had the orange wig on. He's a 10-year-old. He's going crazy. But I had the phone out ready for it because I knew he was going crazy, and I'm like, if they show him, I'm going to start filming this. So I got a great shot of it, too. So, yeah, so it was really Max they were showing, but, yes, I made an appearance on the fan cam. And then, actually, when I looked at it back, guys, I looked at the picture, there was a guy in a Bills hat sitting right near there, too, so it was kind of funny. Um, that was interesting. I met a lot of Bills fans actually coming down and saying hi in the uh, JMA wireless to what was really really a great day, a great afternoon, a win. And then, of course, you know, last night, man, they, they did. I didn't even think they played all that great in the first half, and yet they were there down, what, two, three points to Duke. And then, of course, Duke just got super hot on fire in the second half. Yeah, they, they don't have great shooters. I understand that. But more so for me, it's just taking care of the foot of the uh, basketball. They, 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 they treat the basketball like it's some hot potato and they want to get it out of their hands and don't want to catch it. They got to do a better job at um, turnovers. I love their pace. I love the way they play. I love their aggressiveness. I, I think it's a really cool new style a little bit here that Red Autry's playing. And I like this team. I like the makeup. But yeah, their fatal flaw probably at the end of the day is going to be their you know perimeter shooting. Yeah, and I, I watched that game last night too, Sal, and, and knowing that they got the win over the weekend and, and the turnovers were a bit too much to stomach. And then I just looked at, at the way Duke came out in the second half and all I could think is, you know what, there's still a pretty decent sized gap between what your Dukes and your North Carolina's getting the ACC versus what Syracuse is getting. And I like everything you said about the pace and the style and the, and the talent that, that Q's has. It just feels like it's still a notch below what those blue blood programs have. Yeah. And, and you know, look, I mean, there's no shame in that, but I do like the trajectory of what Red Autry's done here. And maybe they can, you know, you never know these days now with NIL and with, with the portal I mean, I'd like to sit here and say, hey, you know what? I think you're on the right track. And then all of a sudden you have 10 new guys next year and the guys leave. And it's just too tough now to kind of know what's going on. But I, I like and I respect, you know, what Adrian Autry has done here in a short time. Now, that said, there might be a gap. But you know what, guys? Maybe there's not any more. Maybe there's not much of a gap after that anymore. Like really, the last... The last several years, it's been they're fighting for the eighth or ninth seed and you know, play in the, in the ACC tournament. Maybe now it's they're fighting for five or six or four even, which would be really nice. And I think that, that would be a nice step. Sal, appreciate your time. Uh, four o'clock, the coverage begins this Sunday uh, from South Florida. And uh, I haven't looked at the weather. Are you at least getting uh, some nice temperatures down there on Sunday, Sal? Um, 
high, of, <laughs> excuse me, guys, high of low seventies, like seventy one, seventy two, oh. <laughs> but a little chance of rain now. Like I think Mount now it's up to like thirty forty percent chance, but that's kind of normal, I guess, for South Florida. But at night for the game, I think it's a it's a little bit it's a little chillier, I guess, quote unquote. And the low is going to be like sixty one, sixty two degrees. And so, it's still yeah, a far cry it. from last year's trip down to Miami. My goodness. Yes, for sure. Went the other way, right? It was too hot down there last yeah. year. So luckily for me last year, I could step in the shade a little bit. Those players couldn't do that, you know, when they were out there and, you know, there were all that heat exhaustion they were getting. So it should, it should be fine. Uh, even Josh mentioned today that, you know, they, they saw there might be a little bit of rain. So I guess we'll have to deal with some of that maybe, but I think it should be pretty pleasant tonight. Safe travels, buddy. Appreciate the time as always. Let's catch up again soon. You got it. Sal Capaccio, WGR, Buffalo Bills Radio Network sideline. Love catching up with Sal and getting the latest there from uh, Orchard Park. Yeah, as uh, we, again, uh, Sunday, uh, the news out of Baltimore today, Tyler Huntley will uh, be getting the start. And, you know, he made the Pro Bowl last year, Danger. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. (laughs) What what is the Pro Bowl in twenty twenty four? It's one of my one of my takes coming up here. It's like, yeah, you know what? I, I think maybe the Ravens might actually have a chance in this game. Like Tyler Huntley, he might actually be better than Mason Rudolph. Uh, you're, you're right. You're right. And I think that that's something we're forgetting when we talk about that Baltimore Steelers matchup. And everybody in Pittsburgh has fallen in love with Mason Rudolph. Listen, that's a low bar. To, to 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 clear when you talk about the quarterback play that you were getting out of Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett through the course of the season. So the idea that Mason Rudolph is some somehow uh, elevated his game, he's playing well, but I'm not ready to anoint Mason Rudolph, the guy that's going to lead the Pittsburgh Steelers into the postseason if they get that win against Baltimore. I, I like everything that PJ had to say last hour when we were handicapping that game and, and trying to figure out who might actually come out on top. You know those two teams are going to get after each other, and it doesn't really matter if it's Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley. So we've got, I'll drink to that on the way next. Uh, Some takes on tap here in the sports bar. Another story that we haven't yet discussed, and that would be the NFL's discipline of one of their owners, Gino. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to call it that. It's a a perfect time to bring up something I love to say, which is the only standard in life that exists is a double standard. On full display, courtesy of the NFL. We'll get to that here in a couple few. Oh, no, and and our guy, and by our guy, I mean Rory's a Rochesterian if he married a Rochesterian. Oh, yeah, we're claiming him as ours. He is ours. Rochester's own Rory McIlroy. Is he is he changing his take here, Danger? Is he doubling back here? It sure sounds like everybody yeah. is. Are we, are, we, are we disappointed? Are we fine with this? Look, if you want to take it on the surface level, I want to go a little deeper on this because uh, – you know, it is golf season here, and this story uh, will be coming to the surface once again. We'll get to some takes next in the sports bar. You can pull up a stool on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line, 866-4326, 866-4FAN, award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub, and the new location at 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. <laughs> On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Russell Douglas named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He was part of three takeaways in that win over the Patriots, including a pick six. Quarterback Josh Allen on the Dolphins. I've played well against them um, in the past, but it doesn't mean I'm going to play well against them this week unless I you know, prepare well and, and work hard in practice and get on the same page as the receivers. And, you know, the five guys up front do their job and the receivers catch the ball. So it takes everybody to do that. So we're looking forward to having a good week of practice and putting our best foot forward. One note for Miami, where the home of Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill caught on fire. Now the fire's been put out. Hill leaving practice early to be with his family. Our coverage of Bill's Dolphins begin at 4 o'clock on Sunday. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh says his team will start Tyler Huntley against the Steelers on Saturday. Emmerich's back in action Friday night against Cleveland. Eric Comrie clearing waivers. He's now practicing here in Rochester. Gene Battaglia, the sports leader, the fan, Rochester. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Yeah, I believe Vic's, uh, you know, one of the one of the top defensive coordinators and play callers in the NFL. Uh, he's been doing it for years, um, even before he became head coach in Denver. And as I've said before, a lot of I have a lot of respect for Coach Fangio and. Um, his knowledge of the game, his wisdom. Um, he does a great job uh, on that side of the ball, and um, they've got a very good defense and, and making sure they they make you work for things, and, and I think that's a big piece of being a good defense. Maybe I should have saved that for a round of McDermott McLeod. Yeah. Vic Fangio. You put a 48 on him last time. Yeah, Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. Sean McDermott there, Bill's head coach, uh, talking about this weekend's opponent. It's time for some takes here in the sports bar. I'll drink to that with Danger and Bataglia. Funny, like the NFL wants you to think this is a big story. We haven't talked about this once, but did you know Danger tonight at 8 o'clock, they're going to announce the Pro Bowl teams? This is that's like a, uh, that is, that is that some scintillating. Anybody excited for the Pro Bowl? No, 
I thought it would be the Francesa of Francesa. Yeah, right? it's a giant Francesa. Oh, who cares? Giant Francesa. Yeah, and don't pretend like you care because you don't. It's the only all-star game that comes after the regular season, and the players will back out. They always do. My favorite stat here, Tom Brady holds the record for being named to the Pro Bowl the most times, 15 times. Wow, impressive. How many did he actually play in? Two. I would have guessed zero. I don't really know, like not that I watched this or yeah, anything. A lot of that is because he was, you know, playing in a bigger game called the Super Bowl. But I get it. I mean, it, it is an easy thing to opt out of if you're a player. It's it's basically you going above and beyond on behalf of the league if you wanted to play in it. But here's my take here. I think Bills fans are going to be like, oh my gosh, we only got two players on the Pro Bowl. Like think when the voting was going on. Like the Bills might have been a six and six team at that point, or whatever. Like, it's, like Allen might get in. Cook. Well, Allen will opt out. He's already got his opt out worked in. He's got a bum shoulder. He's got a bad finger. Whatever it is, he might get named. But yeah, they'll, they'll right, move on. Right, right. And and Cook. Yeah, maybe Cook goes. I I look at the defensive side of the ball. I think Terrell Bernard is somebody that we, we will definitely see at the Pro Bowl representing the Buffalo Bills. I think AJ Epineza is a name that you'll see picked up by the Buffalo. I mean, when you consider no. when you consider who was who was playing quarterback last year in the Pro Bowl. Tyler Huntley. It was Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Right. A guy who played back up to Lamar Jackson down the street. Like, it just, there's so many opt-outs that you end up scrambling. I think the league actually scrambles to try and find guys that even have an interest in playing in the exhibition. And that's why I think you could see guys from the Bills' defensive side of the ball. And and maybe you get, you know, a Connor McGovern or Deion Dawkins if he chooses to go. Maybe even a Spencer Brown. I I think it really is like, hey, anybody want to go and represent? Because we're we're open to anybody who's interested. (laughs) This year it's in Orlando for those who care because the Super Bowl is in Vegas. The only standard that exists is a double standard. I say it all the time. Consider the NFL's finding of David Tepper, $300,000 versus the punishment that they've dished out in years past to guys like Stephen Ross of the Dolphins, even the Patriots. It's laughable. It's the league reminding all of us just how little we, the fans, matter. The league's Harshest penalties remain for any owner or any team that dares cheat another owner or team. But hey, douse a paying customer with your cocktail. You get fines that amount to just over the price of a cup of coffee. Tepper's apology was was not even an apology. You have to feel bad for Panther fans now. They have the league's benchmark for jerk owners with Daniel Snyder sailing the seas aboard the Lady S. It's Tepper's crown. He ha- he now wears it proudly. Yeah, it, uh, Florio today on Writer Than You did the math, and I don't know what uh, your net worth is, and it's none of my business danger, but like, let's say somebody has a net worth of just even $1 million. That would equate, what they, you know, if you did the analogy there, uh, David Tepper is fine. If you had a million, you'd be fine 14 bucks. <laughs> what 300 grand it means to the how much David Tepper is actually worth. There. Yeah. Yeah, his, his 20 billion or whatever it is in the bank. Um, I, I don't know at what point like a, a billionaire's attitude changes where they can just act and do whatever they please and buy their way out of uh, any situation. But. Um, I don't know. Maybe the story's not over there. You know, you you could have that Jaguar fan sue for emotional distress. Oh, I you love could. that in Tepper's apology, he basically turned it back on the fan that there was an incident and it escalated. And I mean, look, 
I don't know what happened. I don't know what was said. And maybe there was something that, that rubbed him the wrong way. But you can't act like that if you're an NFL owner. And, and his lack of apology just kind of speaks to the character of the man. He's a petulant child. He's the worst of the worst. He's the worst of the bunch. And there are a bad lot of guys in the uh, NFL in terms of ownership. I would say uh, super punitive damages. Well, I, I got to a football game and I was just there enjoying myself. And I turned around to say hello to the owner who was in the box behind me. And he threw me a drink. He threw his drink in my face. It fogged up my glasses. My glasses fell off. And then I stepped on my glasses, broke my glasses, fell down the aisle, and my shoes fell off. And then, and then at halftime, I fell in the suicide pool at the stadium there with the mascot. <laughs> I'm going to sue everybody. You're going to sue. You should sue David Tepper. I'm going to sue David Tepper. The Jackson, I'm going to sue Doug Peterson. I'm going to sue everybody. And Trevor Lawrence for not playing. CJ Beathard. I'm suing everybody. <laughs> Rory McIlroy. I'm suing uh, Rory McIlroy. Yes. Even though he's not. <laughs> Rory McIlroy is back. Wait, he's backing off his stance against Liv? Oh, here we go. Yeah, maybe I was a little judgmental, he uh-huh. says, uh, to the guys who went to live uh, at the start. And I think it was a bit of a mistake on my part because now I realize that not everyone is in my position or Tiger, Tiger Woods' position. Can I stop right there with that quote? Basically, this is what we've kind of known all along. Everybody, everybody has a price. If you're Rory and you see John Rom get $600 million just across the street, yeah, maybe you're having second thoughts about your stance, your hard line on live golf. Yeah, well, is that a bad lifestyle? Go play and then you, you get to play in the majors anyways. Right. Um, and I have to think that part of this for McElroy He's got to feel like he's been stabbed in the back here, not being given a heads up from the PGA commissioner, Jay Monahan, that a merger was being talked right. about. Right. Well, I mean, like, why, why have loyalty to anybody if you're in that sport? It really is like, it's not a team sport. You're not doing it for the PGA. You're doing it for your bank account. What, what, what loyalty does Rory have or, or Tiger have to the PGA other than they played on that tour and it made them a lot of money? It you know you you could say from like a human rights interest. Of course, I, I don't think I would want to be in that position having to choose there, um, because ultimately you and I and a lot of people would be like, all right, I guess I'm going to live, right? And we would hold our noses and and just kind of do it for our families. I guess. Right. Chris Rock used to have that joke, that line where he said, "Men are as faithful as their options." You remember that? Like yeah. nobody nobody's cheating on on uh, on their significant other with Chris Rock because men are as faithful as their options. But if you have the option to play golf, albeit for the Saudis, for $600 million, everybody, everybody has a price. John Rahm just took a better job. And at this point, we'll we'll see what happens with this merger. But I, I find it curious that there has been zero talk since the announcement of a merger on any plans of the merger. What's going on with golf? Right. And maybe it was just a last ditch effort by the PGA to try to because, you know, they have issues too, danger. 
<laughs> they do. Like, why Why are they non-exempt? Why are they tax-exempt? Oh, my God. When you start getting politicians sniffing around that, that's when that's when it, it's going to get real uh, for the PGA Tour. I've got a non-sports take today, Gino. I, I've been sitting on this one for a while, and maybe I've shared elements of this before, but it, it really hit me in the last 24 hours. I'm a water bottle guy. I carry it around with me all the time. I bring it with me to the gym. I bring it with me to work. It's Right here next to me in the studio. Got to keep the pipes nice and, and lubricated and hydrated. This is the start of the new year, Gino. We've reached peak gigantic water bottle season. And I got to ask the question, just how freaking hydrated do you actually need to be? And I'm going to point the finger directly at one of our favorites here, Derek the Pizza Dude. He's our engineer. We love Derek for all he does. He's up in here rolling with the bottle. You could swim laps in this thing. It is gigantic. My favorites are the giant jugs that have the platitudes on them. Like, you go. Or or the bottles with messages that, let's face it, are, are kind of mean, like, thought I saw one the other day that said, keep drinking, you dehydrated loser. Like, if you need encouragement and reminders to drink water, what does that say about your overall intelligence? How about this? If you're thirsty, grab a glass of water. You'll be good. Drink water. That's why I tell my kids all the time. You had a headache? Drink water. Drink more water. I, I made the mistake of saying, I live in a house of women, right? My wife, my two daughters. I had made the, made the mistake once of them complaining about a headache and me saying, yeah, you're probably just dehydrated. Drink water. It's not that. It's not dehydration. Don't tell it. Drinking water. Like, okay, okay. All right. Fine. Fine. I, look, I'm not a doctor, but I do know you probably do want to have a glass of water from time to time, especially if, God forbid, you're thirsty. Have some water. No, but, but Derek's, uh, it's not even a water bottle. It's more like it's not even a thermos. It's this massive barrel he carries. Oh, good! Around. You saw it too. Yeah, hard to miss it. You yeah. could see the curvature of the sun from that thing. It block out the sky. It's massive. Well, the fun thing I should point out about Derek, like how life would have been different for Derek, he was actually blocking Daquan Jones in high school, mm-hmm. and he was on track, and he went to Fisher to play football and got concussed, and well. Now, he's uh, our fine engineer today. Well, I'm glad that he's uh, properly hydrated. I just think that the water bottle, the the size, the enormity of the water bottle, especially this time of year, because I see a lot of them, it's just, it's a little bit much. I I think we will all be okay with, if you just needed a glass, just get a glass of water. You'll be fine. It's not that serious. No video stream today because uh, I'm in the home office. I'm looking at Danger Over Monitor here they, today, though. You, this is your new thing. You're going with the ski cap there. Like, I woke it's not up a cold day, buddy. No, I woke up a little chilly this morning. What can I tell you? A little chilly this morning. So I, I won't be, you're the second person to mention that, Gino. And, and look, truth be told, a peek behind the curtain, not a lot of people roaming the hallways of Odyssey Rochester this <laughs> afternoon. So if I wanted to roll up in, in uh, my pajamas and Crocs, I don't think I would be judged negatively for it, especially knowing that we don't have a live stream going on today. That's for, that's just fine, buddy. See, I, I didn't come in today. Primary reason number one, I don't want to get you sick. So. Uh, see, now I'm I'm of the belief. That it's behind me. Like there's nothing that that can get to me for the rest of the season. Having having dealt with the um, having dealt with the Rona a second time last month, and now I'm just like, all right, I, I got through that. I I'm not gonna. Nothing's gonna. I'm, I'm Odell Beckham at this point. No, not in an arrogant way. I just don't think COVID can get to me. I don't think it's gonna enter this body. 
I don't want no parts of it. It don't want no parts of me. I think it's a mutual respect. So <laughs> I wasn't really worried about the test. I was just more, you know, in my mind, for me and my maturity level, I felt like it was the right thing to do to mention. <laughs> I may not have been feeling well. I just wouldn't want it to spread throughout the whole building. If there was a case that I would have possibly had it, I was just trying to be an adult and be precautious about the situation. See, and, Odell um, Beckham Jr. is an adult. You came into work yesterday and you probably did spread whatever it is that's got you uh, around the office yesterday. So I appreciate you taking the extra step being a little precautious here i'm more than happy to do the show from separate studios for a day or two or however long it takes yeah, well, it's just, yeah i want to like get rid of this thing here absolutely that time of year right? uh all right we're gonna <laughs> by the way that was in 2020 october of 2020 just right in the in the middle and the heat of that pandemic season and odell peckham jr saying i i want no part of it we have an understanding i want no part of it mutual it respect. wants no part of me we've got a mutual respect like he's got an intimate relationship with the COVID-19 virus. I love that clip. Uh, all right. We've uh, got some news and notes from around the NFL uh, that we can get to here before we take a break, Cheeto. And that includes a list of quarterbacks that we know won't be on the field, including what we found out today. Officially, Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. He'll be on the bench with Tyler Huntley uh, getting the start there. Joe Flacco will take a seat in Cleveland. Patrick Mahomes won't play for the Chiefs. Matt Stafford not playing for the Rams, Gino, means that we get to see Carson Wentz in just over a calendar year since his last start, uh, dating back to his time with uh, Washington. And Zach Wilson still hasn't cleared concussion protocol. Another week of Trevor Simeon for the Jets as they take on the Patriots on Sunday. What are your thoughts on Week 18 football? I know we're all fixated on the Bills here, but I don't know. I, I with fantasy football being over, I'm. It, it feels like the first Sunday without football in the afternoon, like one o'clock. It'll be on background noise, but I'm not really revolving my afternoon around. Well, NFL. I've gone uh, completely degenerate in terms of my sports gambling, uh, you know, um, habits what, and the uh, daily so, fantasy. You're talking about? No, I'm just talking about. Um, I'm just talking about sports wagering. I'm talking about Fanduel. I'm talking about my yeah. favorites, right? Like, and and so there will be action, and I will be invested, and I will be paying attention, even though most of these games are meaningless and will be played by backups. I'll, I'll listen to the guys like PJ Glasser, like we had last hour, look for edges, look for advantages, try to exploit that and try to beat the books. Uh, that's my competition this weekend for Week 18, Gino. And you're right, the best game on the schedule is the one that we'll be wrapping up Week 18 with on Sunday night with the Bills and the Dolphins and everything to play for, even if we know at that time, whether or not the Bills are officially in the postseason or or not. So, um, and speaking of the Bills, uh, the injury report out earlier today. Josh Allen continued to deal with neck soreness. He shows up on the injury report with a, a finger injury as well. Yeah. What's uh, that? I didn't know. Like, uh, w- which finger are we talking about? I want to say Sal said it was his right hand, so that yeah. that might be problematic, but. Um, you know, he ends up on the injury report. It is a walkthrough today. McDermott int- uh, anticipating that that uh, Josh Allen won't miss any time this week, and, and certainly will be ready to go uh, come Sunday night. Uh, not a surprise when you see that AFC Defensive Player of the Week honors went to Rasul Douglas after he had a pair of picks in that win over the Patriots. The the pick six. Uh, this is uh, his. That was his third pick six of his NFL career, too. By the way, the last time he received. Defensive Player of the Week on us. You got to go back to two thousand one, two thousand twenty-one, I should say, when he was still with the Packers, Week Twelve of the twenty twenty-one season. Boy, we talked about this with Sal. This is the best mid-season pickup for the Buffalo Bills since when? Since James Lofton. 
I'm being honest. Like, like, name me the last midseason pickup for the Buffalo Bills. Like, Rasul Douglas and what Green Bay gave up. Like, you're a Packer fan. You got to be upset. Enjoy your, your pick swap there. Yeah, he's making Brandon Bean look like a very smart GM with every passing game. And, and you kind of love that you recognized a weakness and you didn't settle for just what you had because that that's always been my fear with the Bean McDermott era is that a lot of times you see things that appear to be holes and then you're thinking, oh, well, we're just settling for a Terrell Bernard in middle line. I mean, we, uh, you know, training camp wasn't that long ago, right? I mean, like yeah. that was the storyline, like who's going to step up and who's going to play middle linebacker, who's going to replace Tremaine Edmonds. And what you've seen out of Bernard through the course of the season, it's been spectacular. So again, a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball that make uh, Brandon Bean look really, really smart and, and recognizing that you could have stayed, stayed steady with Dane Jackson, who certainly knows his way around this defense but you wanted more. You wanted something more in line with what you were losing in Trey White. You get Douglas, and Douglas has himself a day on Sunday. Good enough to get AFC Defensive Player of the Week honors for the second time in his career. Former Buffalo Bill guard Roger Saffold has been signed to the Browns practice squad. It started every game for Buffalo last season. Uh, he was available uh, as soon as this week because uh, you know Cleveland could uh, you'll be taking on the uh, Bengals uh, Excuse me. He'll be available as a deputy for Cleveland as soon as this week against the Bengals or in the postseason. Saffold just released by the Jets this week. Uh, if you uh, are accustomed to watching pregame shows on Sunday on CBS, what you're used to seeing may be changing here. You've got a lot of contracts coming due at the same time. James Brown, Boomer Esiason, Bill Cower, Phil Sims all on expiring deals. Now, there are reports out there that Nate Burleson, who is still under contract, could take over hosting duties for the NFL today. J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, could see an increased role on the CBS uh, Sunday kickoff program as well. So worth paying attention to there and seeing if the NFL today is tightening its belt a little bit and moving on from some of their more heritage personalities that they have on the NFL today. Why do these shows feel like they need to get five or six guys in there or seven? Like, like they would be like an easy cut. Like you just need two or three, right? I mean, we're simple though, Gino. We were raised on a steady diet of Brett Musburger and Irv Cross and Phyllis George, Jimmy the Greek, and we were fine. That was That's enough. That's all for you us. need. That was yeah. enough for us. We had those. Hell, we were fine getting our highlights from Boomer and TJ for all those years, right? Like we were totally fine with. So we are a simple, simple lot. Now the the world has gotten more complex, and and you need more personality. You need more talking heads. You need more voices. I, I think what NBC does is the the definition on Sunday nights, the definition of excess. I can't keep up. Like we're just yeah. handing out. Con- they're the Oprah Winfrey of of sports broadcast. Jack Collinsworth gets a contract for Sunday Night Football. What are we doing? And you and I grew up with NBC where it was Brian Gumbel first and then it was Costas. And who was their betting guy? It was Pete the Axe. Axtum. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, Pete Axtum. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It was like it was very simple. You just like okay, one host, and here's our betting guy, and 
Now, yeah, now, now we even have like the guy coming in and does the playoff scenarios, the analytic guy, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. money guy, I forget his name, but uh, yeah, yeah, you've got uh, Kornacki doing the playoff Kornacki, scenarios yeah. with his uh, khakis, right, circling things on the telestrator. Um, yeah, so things things were a lot simpler back in the day, and and I'm not going to say that that things have gotten worse. I think that things improve for the better, but there is still a soft spot a soft spot for a simpler time, especially when you consider Brett Musburger was at that desk. We yeah. can share a cold one. And maybe a win or two. And that's your solution, CBS. Dig them up. Bring them out. So uh, Sal Capaccio joined us uh, last hour, and he brought up a good point where, okay, the Bills, if they make the postseason, where would they land? You could land on Sunday. You could be on uh, Saturday. You could be on Monday night. Well, no, you can't be on Monday night. What Sal you know, kind of correctly points out, the NFL wants certainty when it comes to matchups for the following week, and that's why they always want a 4-5 game because the winner of the 4-5 game, uh, you, you'll know the destination there ahead of time. Um, but the idea the Bills could play on Saturday – I don't think, see, here's why danger. Because if you're Peacock, you don't want the Bills again. We already got our money here from, you know, folks in Rochester and uh, Bills fans uh, in other places. We want a different market here to have to fork over money here for the postseason. Yeah, and if that's the early afternoon game, you don't want that window anyways. The Bills are a primetime team. They they would be on Saturday primetime, I would imagine, if they were to get the win. If they were to end up as the two seed, they would be taking on uh, whoever would land there in that seven spot. Happy hour on the way next in the sports bar. We have time for your calls. You can join us at 866-4-F-A-N. Uh, we've got uh, news and notes from today's practice, the walkthrough and uh, Orchard Park at One Bill's Drive. Uh, we've got audio from Josh Allen to, to dissect, Sean McDermott speaking to reporters today. And once again, uh, some, some discussion on the offense, some discussion on Stefan Diggs, the lack of production, the lack of usage, the decline, I should say, in, in both instances. We'll, we'll dive into some of the comments made today by both the Bills head coach, Sean McDermott, and quarterback Josh Allen. That's on the way, along with your calls here on The Fan. You're listening to The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 